Hello, everyone. Welcome to Typhoon Talks, brought to you by Typhoon Consulting, a boutique management consultancy headquartered in Hong Kong. And I'm Chen Yang. Today, I'm joined by my co-host Becky. Hello. And our guest speaker Divya. Hi. Divya is an award-winning marketer who has invested over a decade shaping communication for some of the world's most iconic brands, such as Unilever, Hands Ketchup, etc. She's now a communication coach working with Templar Advisors based in Hong Kong. Today, we're going to be discussing the power of storytelling. Storytelling is a critical way to engage people in almost any environment. The context it provides for your message or your product is why it's been widely adopted in advertising, but it also has benefits when you're pitching, negotiating or networking. Um, so Divya, can you start by telling us why at the moment there's so much buzz about the use of stories in business communications? You're absolutely right. The word storytelling is rife these days in, in business, but it's hardly a new skill. It's simply a skill that's been hidden um, in the business world or has gotten hidden. It is the impact that stories have on our mind that makes it so profound. I like to think of stories as little containers of information that can actually make facts memorable. I bet we can all remember the lessons from Red Riding Hood pretty well, even though we heard that a pretty long time ago. So memorable as one, stories also create empathy with the characters who have real life challenges similar to ours. When you listen to a story, the chemicals in our body change and our mind really becomes transfixed on the problem. And lastly, stories also compel us into action. So there's a 2007 study uh, by Wharton Business School that shows that when participants are asked to collect donations in a call center, those who were told how their earnings would improve the lives of others, those people earned more than double the group that didn't receive that information. So it can really motivate us and compel us into action. So I'm guessing you think that even though it's kind of a hot topic at the moment, this isn't going to be a fad? Absolutely not. I don't think it's a fad at all. As I said, it's simply a skill that has somehow gotten hidden behind PowerPoint and memos, but it's a critical skill that we've always had and we will always continue to have to be excellent communicators. So storytelling is so effective because it appeals to our psychology and humans' natural sociability. Are there any scientific findings that support using storytelling in business because of these effects? Absolutely. So the best evidence that we have is from an anthropological and archaeology standpoint, and that essentially suggests that the human mind co-evolved with storytelling. So think about it. About a million years ago, our ancestors gained control of fire. And with fire, of course, came warmth and cooking and defense against predators. But it also came one more thing. Fire essentially drew people together. It became a magnet for social bonding. And what did people do around the fire, spending their time together? Well, they told and exchanged stories. So right from back then, how minds have evolved with storytelling, we picked up lessons around the fire on how to survive, right? From a neuroscience perspective, when you tell a story, there's a chemical called oxytocin that is produced by the brain. And oxytocin generates trust in the listener. That chemical enhances the sense of empathy we feel, our ability to experience others' emotions. 
It allows the listener to experience and empathize with what the speaker is saying. It allows a deeper shared connection to be formed. And who wouldn't want that between a speaker and a listener? So for building up that kind of empathy and that trust, what are the really important elements that you want to include in a story within a business context to really make sure that you kind of achieve that outcome? I would say, Becky, the key is really to keep the story simple but relatable. So in a business context, you might think of a story in three parts. You might think of the problem. So what are the issues that you identify in your industry? Uh, what service or product was there a lack of? What are the struggles that the industry is facing? And the more we blow up the struggle, the more we can frame the solution. The second part might be the journey. How do you go about researching a solution to this problem? How did you develop your product or service? How are you overcoming the problems that we've just talked about? And the third part after the problem and the journey is of course the solution. Voila. How will the product or service that you're talking about change the industry or solve the problem for your clients? So very simplistically, I would try and define a problem. What is the journey we're going to take to overcome that problem? And then what is the solution? But once I identify the problem, how to tell the story of the problem? Should I start with my personal experience or should I use other people's story? I think the key to choosing a story is is really making the story relatable to your audience. So I'm not convinced that it matters as much if it's our story or if it's a story that you're picking up from one of your clients or something that's happened outside. But as long as the story can drive home the message or the lesson you're trying to drive at, as long as you can make it relatable to the audience that is listening and the audience can identify themselves there, that's the critical bit to choosing the right story. One of the things I found quite interesting, um, and I guess might be relatable to our listeners, the most prominent experience or exposure I've had to storytelling is through TED Talks. Mm. Um, and I'm often quite surprised by the really significant role that vulnerability plays in the stories that people tell. I guess you'd say that links into identifying with your audience, but do you think it's a necessary part to show, you know, you have this problem, you're putting, you're showing, you know, your vulnerabilities, your business isn't a straightforward success story. I think vulnerability does help us connect, um, again, for the other party to see that the brand or the company that's talking to them isn't simply a body, but has struggles and has its own challenges on how we've overcome them. We all love to root behind a challenge. We all love to root behind somebody who's struggling and champion for them and see them succeed. So it absolutely, I would think, helps to form that connection with your audience. Um, storytelling is very prominent in advertising, such as in famous John Lewis Christmas advertisements, legal arguments and journalism. What kind of stories and what kind of way of telling stories do you find most powerful? So that's an interesting question. It's almost like asking what form of exercise is best when you're just going to start exercising. Is yoga better than HIIT exercising? I think the first point I'd like to make it is you just need to start. We just need to start incorporating stories into our business communication, which is quite scarce at times. Just like any exercise is good exercise, any story is a good story. 
but as always, stories that can connect and relate to your audience, that can make your product, your message, or the challenge that you're solving for relatable to your audience are the best stories. Importantly, stories shouldn't really be told for just telling a story and make the speaker feel good, but stories should have a very clear insight or a very clear conclusion or a lesson that the listener can take away from the story. And that's what makes it a punchy and powerful story. I want to ask a question um, related to PowerPoints. Because in the old days in business, people relied a lot on PowerPoints. But mm. these days, a lot of people rely on um, the stand-up talks instead of using visual aids. So um, in terms of using different media of communication, how does it affect storytelling? Do you think the verbal communication is more powerful than PowerPoint is? I think PowerPoint is, is useful in business communication, but PowerPoint was never meant to be simply bullet points, lots of bullet points, and nothing else, which is sometimes what we can witness. Um, PowerPoint is important, facts and figures are important, but everything has its own role. And very much as we use PowerPoint, as we write memos, we can weave in storytelling into that. We can weave in metaphors, we can weave in personal anecdotes, we can weave in case studies. I don't think one has to be devoid of the other, um, so I wouldn't think of them as exclusive, rather as working together. So you don't find them distracting to each other? Not at all. I think PowerPoint is simply an aid that's meant to be there. You, the speaker, have the job to do. Yeah. And as much as you use your content and your stories to bring the PowerPoint to life, and PowerPoint can stay. Yeah. Within that synthesis, is there such a thing as too many stories? If you litter them everywhere, do you dilute their power? I would say so, yes. I think having either one concrete story that can help build your storyline helps, or having a few punchy stories, once again, that have a very clear meaning and a reason to belong, um, and a clear insight for the audience is what is important. So. I'd like to think of a, the blend of facts and figures and stories as ideal, much like layering in a cake. Just like we can alternate layers of cakes, you can alternate facts and stories to create interest. When facts and figures get mixed in with stories, it makes the information much more engaging, much more sticky, and much more digestible. So in a um, pitching session, for instance, how long should I commit to storytelling in the very beginning? How much time should I do storytelling? I think a clever way that I've seen pitches happen is setting up the problem statement using a story. So at the start of a pitch and at the close of a pitch, you might use a story to really draw the audience in, to really paint the picture of what's wrong with the situation that we're trying to solve for. So the introduction, perhaps, is, is what I'd say um, to, to get the audience in is where I'd spend time. Yeah. With stories kind of being a big buzz now, is that tied to generational change? That's something we've been looking at here at Typhoon Talks. Do you think, I mean, we often hear millennials need to be emotionally engaged with their businesses. Are they more receptive to storytelling? Is that why it's becoming, it's having such a heyday? Millennials care about causes and they're likely to show a preference towards companies that support causes. So in that regard, we are seeing companies um, and brands talk about their stories to differentiate themselves. But hey, why do we want to save the best for the millennials? 
as we've seen, stories gives all of us purpose, gives, compels us into action, makes information more digestible, makes information more sticky. I think this is that wide sweeping brush that you can use across generations and you would have far-reaching success. But do you think millennials have a different um, consumer ha habits compared to other generations? Because they're known for having short span of attention, so maybe a story will hook them up in the very beginning. So in that sense, do you think storytelling is more practical when it, it's used on millennials? I think storytelling, if you tell a story that relates to their values, is definitely going to resonate with millennials. But again, I emphasize that storytelling is deeply impactful for everybody, even the person who's, who thinks they only listen to logic, and that's the only thing that sways them, needs to look internally, and, and we will see that influence works on multiple dimensions. Right. Following on from that discussion of generational change, we've seen quite a shift in recent years, and especially recently in Asia, from people having a sort of one-track one career where they might start with a firm after they graduate and they'll stay there until they retire and they'll certainly stay in the same industry. Especially in the tech startup space, there's now, I think, a lot more dynamism in people's careers and part of that is failure. So, for example, Steve Jobs being very open about his past failed companies. This, I think, links to a kind of shift in public discourse where we celebrate failure a lot more and it's now sort of very embraced. Do you think stories are now becoming big because the leaders that we listen to and who influence people have stories that have more exciting plots, that have these key messages that they can um, use to provide a takeaway for their audiences? Steve Jobs is a great example, one of the best in class communicators. And I think he understood already a lot of what we are talking about today. He understood the power of a personal story to motivate people, to compel people to action, and to really connect with him. That's why he used a central character himself, a central character that went through a struggle, that went through a challenge, how he came out overcoming that challenge, succeeding and resolving that struggle. In stories, we always root for the characters to succeed. We want to see them come out the other end, happily ever after, for lack of a better word. So I do hope we'll take inspiration from the leaders that we're hearing in TED Talks and in public discourse, and we'll start to take baby steps towards incorporating more stories. All I can say, Becky, is from my work as a communications coach, I think there's a lot more we can do to make our business interactions more engaging and more memorable. Because when I listen to people, currently we're still walking on logic and facts and figures. So this, the, the baby steps that we can take towards incorporating stories would be massively helpful in us moving towards a Steve Jobs style of communicating, perhaps. So Divya, just to wrap up this episode, what would be the three key messages you want to bring to our audience? Chen, the three key things I'd say is storytelling has been hidden. Most compelling speakers have always used them, but in business it's often overlooked and overshadowed. It's here to stay. It's not a trend. It's not a fad. So we need to start. We need to start somewhere. We need to start small. We don't have to create the entire series of Harry Potter to start using stories in business, but we could start with the first two or three pages of it perhaps. I think it helps to understand why stories are beneficial. 
They're these containers of information that are going to make your facts memorable. They make the content engaging. They help everybody empathize with you. And most importantly, perhaps, they prompt action. So use stories to prompt your audience into action. And a very simple structure to help you deploy storytelling is think of the problem, think of the journey that you're going to go, that you've taken to solve that problem, and what is the solution that you're bringing to the market. If you can design those three steps, you should be well on your way to have a simple story as part of storytelling. That's great. Yeah, thank you, Divya. That's all we have time for today. So thank you for joining us. Thank you for having thank me. Thank you very much. And thank you, Jen. Please follow us on Twitter at Typhoon Buzz, iTunes and SoundCloud at Typhoon Talks for podcast episodes. Also, please visit our website at www.typhoonconsulting.com for more industry points of view. We hope you'll join us next time.